0: Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. As we are in our season of healing, just so you know, we are worshiping on campus and making sure that our worship experiences are safe and sanitary. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. No, no a personal praise this is the praise that says god i'm praising you because you're good to me so if he's been good to you clap your hands open your mouth give him praise he's so worthy if you wouldn't mind standing for the reading of god's word that's my custom if you're ready for the word shout bring it on welcome uh new smyrna beach welcome palm coast we are live on three campuses so i'm excited today i'm gonna tell you this i love you i have a word for you i love my nation i love god's church in america and if america has ever needed the church to be healed and the church to be whole come on now and the church to be at its best how many of you know that time is right now can i get a witness Our nation needs the Lord and not only does our nation need the Lord the church in America needs healing and if you don't see that then I don't know what rock you've been living under we need a move of the Holy Ghost hallelujah I'm determined that we're gonna see more of God's power I'm determined we're gonna see more of God's glory and I am determined that in my life I'm gonna drink and eat revival how many of you are ready for God to pour his spirit out I want to come from Leviticus chapter 1 I believe I have a word from heaven the Bible says in verse 2 speak to the children of Israel and say to them when any one of you brings an offering to the Lord you shall bring your offering of the livestock of the herd and of the flock in his offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd Let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own free will. Don't miss this. This is not an obligation offering. This is a free will offering. He shall offer it at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting before the Lord. Then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. He shall kill the bull before the lord and the priest and aaron's son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around the altar that that is by the door of the tabernacle of meeting he shall skin the burnt offering and cut it don't miss this now cut it in to its pieces the sons of aaron the priest shall put fire on the altar and lay the wood in order on the fire then the priest Aaron's son shall lay the parts the pieces the head and the fat in order on the wood that is on the fire upon the altar lay it on the altar but he shall wash its entrails and its legs with water and the priest shall burn all on the altar as a burnt sacrifice an offering made by fire a sweet aroma to the Lord oh I want to be a sweet aroma to the Lord verse 5 chapter 2 but if your offering is a grain offering baked in a pan it shall be fine flyer, unleavened watch now make sure he said and mix it with oil. You shall break it into pieces and pour oil on it. How many of you can say, Lord, if you gotta break me into pieces, do it, but just pour oil on me. Pour glory on me, pour anointing on me. I believe God has spoken to me and now I'm gonna speak to you. I want to talk to you about peace in the pieces God is about to breathe on this house he's about to breathe on you who wants peace in the pieces Uh, feel the anointing if you want peace in the pieces slip up your hands father today we are desperate for you we are desperate for you to come we're desperate for you to move we're desperate lord for you to bring revival to america to awaken in our hearts and lives to heal our nation we're asking you god for peace in the pieces if you believe god can do it come on and give him a mighty praise will you you can be seated i believe in a god that is present i believe in a god that is real There are times in our lives when we don't know. I've been through many elections and I've been through many situations where we voted. I'm telling you, the voting is over, but the harvest is still ripe. We've got a work to do. And I want to tell you today, I still believe in a God that can bring peace even when people are in pieces. This has been a time and a season in 2020, let's be real. There's there's never been a year like 2020. It's been a year like no other. And the truth is, our nation is in pieces. The church in America is in pieces. And many people have found themselves in a 2020 where it seems like times have been so intense that even their own lives in some ways have been in pieces. So today, I stand before you and I wanna bring a word from heaven of hope and encouragement. I've come to tell you that we serve a God who still brings peace when life is in pieces. It's not often, precious, that you hear a word from Leviticus. That's even a a hard book to study. It's kind of like going to the dentist. Come on, somebody. It's intense to read it because it's full of instructions as it relates to the Old Covenant, its practices, and its rules. But there are many things in this great book of Leviticus that point us to the fulfillment of the New Covenant through Jesus Christ. And isn't it something that this book of Leviticus is 3,000 years old? But yet God is so sovereign, he's so relevant, that he could inspire a book that was written 3,000 years ago and it could change my life today when I read it. That's an awesome God. The text is powerful to me because in this text we see a sacrifice that is to be offered to the Lord. But what struck me about this sacrifice, Precious, is this. The offering is offered in pieces. And see, sometimes we come to God and everything's not perfect, and everything's not whole, and everything's not as we wish it was. Sometimes we come to God in pieces. But God is so big that He is able to provide peace in the pieces. So I want to share with you some precious thoughts from this text that I read. Number one, the Bible said it was a free will offering. The offering was brought willingly. Now this is important because this, as I said, is a free will offering. There was an element about this offering that was powerful and different than most of the others because this offering was not brought out of religious obligation. It wasn't brought to check a religious box. It wasn't brought out of religious duty, but it was brought willingly. It was brought out of love. And you say, Pastor, what does that have to do with me? I would say, it has everything to do with you. Because Paul tells us in Romans to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto the Lord. Check it out now. Which is your reasonable service? He said, when you do this, present your bodies as a sacrifice. Present your attitudes. Present your heart. Present your motivations. Present your conversation as a living sacrifice. He said, present it. Do, it. do it willingly. And then he said, check it out now. This is your reasonable service. Paul is saying here when you do this, when you present yourself to the Lord as a living sacrifice, don't act like you've done anything extra. He said, when you do this, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. He said, you're not doing anything extra. He said, in light of all that God has done for you when you compare it to how far he's brought you, when you compare it to how good he's been to you, when you compare it to the fact that he picked you up out of the miry clay and set your feet upon a rock, when you compare it to the fact that you have been redeemed and you have been restored and you have been forgiven, Paul said, it is a reasonable thing that you now present your bodies as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. See, here's the real question. Are we willing to do the reasonable thing are we willing in this season to offer ourselves to him god is able to heal us god is able to restore our nation god is able to bring revival but he wants to put the broken pieces of your life back together again but you got to come to the altar you got to be willing to lay it on the altar. Are we willing to heal the land? Are we willing to be the church that will rise up and heal the land? Are we willing to be the salt and the light and the medicine and the oil and the hope and the redemption and the fire and the power and the glory? Are we willing to lay on the altar and say, God, use me to heal the land? We can do it without compromising his word. That's the only way we will do it. But we got to heal the land. I said, we got to heal the land. we got to become like that bullock and say, Lord, I'm going to lay myself down willingly. Are we willing today to say, Lord, put me on your altar? So number one, the offering was offered willingly. But number two, the offering, are you ready? Was required to die. Now this is where it gets real because this was not an offering for God until it was willing to die. God said, I can't really use it until it's willing to die. It's powerful to me because that bullock was slain before he ever got to the altar. And see, you gotta die if you're gonna come to God's altar. You gotta die to your agenda. You gotta die to your plans. You gotta die to your anger. You gotta die to your offense. You gotta die and say, God, whatever it takes, I wanna get on your altar. Whatever it takes, I wanna get in your plan. Whatever it takes, I wanna get in that place where you can use me the way you want to use me. That bullet was brought to the altar to that place of sacrifice. One thing I want you to know about the Bullock, listen, young person, he didn't care whether he pulled a plow or he laid on the altar. He existed to serve. He just said, whatever you need me to do, that's what I'll do. God is looking for a church that just exists to serve, that will say, God, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. That Bullock had to die. But don't forget, he was willing. And that's the dynamic part, isn't it? That's the part that we forget. That's the uncomfortable dynamic of dying. That's the part that we want to leave out. But Paul understood that. And that's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, I affirm by boasting in you, which I have in Christ, Jesus our Lord, that I die daily. Paul said, I don't just die. I die every day. Oh, come on now. He said, I don't just die once in a while. I die every day. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? How is that possible? I live that. Jim Rayley, your pastor, I live that because the flesh in me, the anger in me, the easily offended part of me wants to resurrect every day. Can I talk to real people? Or do you want me to talk to super spiritual people? That part of me that gets offended, that part of me that gets bothered, that part of me that gets full of worry, angst, and anxiety, it wants to resurrect. It wants to come back to life. And the truth is, some days I feel like I'm dead, but other days I know I'm still dying that's why you can't judge me too harshly that's why you gotta have mercy on me I know you got it figured out and I know you you walk in a place that I don't but pray for your weaker brother I'm a man that still deals with having to die every day if I don't act right I'm still dying if I struggle once in a while I'm still dying if I disappoint you have a little mercy on me because I'm still dying I dare you to tell your neighbor i'm still dying yeah 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 i'm still dying don't judge me too harshly i'm still dying oh some of you need to tell your neighbor till they hear you push him and say i'm still dying I'm, I'm i'm still dying there's a part of me that's still dying there are times that i feel like i'm dead look at me now there are times i feel like i'm dead And then I go on social media. And I say, nope, I'm still dying. Even this week, there were some people who poked me pretty hard. There were some people who said some things that hurt my heart. I'm being transparent with you. If you want a fake preacher, you're in the wrong church on the wrong Sunday. But the truth is, there were some folks that hurt my heart, that hurt me and, 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 and tried to offend me. And, and I wanted to rise up, and I wanted to respond, and I wanted to unfriend. Come on now. And I wanted to delete, and I wanted them to put, just put them in their place, but I didn't. I had to stand there and die. So the Lord began to speak to me, He said, I'm I'm, I'm putting you in this process, son. Don't resist it. He said, be thankful for it. So I can stand here today just like you and say to everyone who has hurt me, you may not know it, but you helped me. Even when you attack me, I can't be mad at you. I have to stand here today and say thank you because God was only using you to kill in me what was not dead. So stop getting mad at people who hurt you. Stop getting mad at people who talked about you and go get you a thank you card and fill it out and say thank you because even though it was hurtful, God used you to kill in me what wasn't dead yet. Oh, come on and give the Lord a mighty praise if you're hearing me. A dead man doesn't get offended. A dead man keeps scrolling. Come on, somebody. I said a dead man keeps scrolling i said a dead man passes right on by but if you have to respond to everything it's because you're not dead yet you can't be upset if you're a dead man you can't be offended if you're a dead man you can't be mad if you're a dead man i was i was studying years ago about death row because i'd heard the term dead man walking and when someone is on death row when they come out of their cell when they come out of their cell, the, the, the prisoners begin to shout, dead man walking, dead man walking, dead man walking. Where is the church that will walk into a lost and dying world and say, I'm a dead man walking? I don't preach for applause. I don't preach for hallelujahs. I don't preach for money. Where are the people that say, I don't live for Jesus because it's easy? I don't do what I do because I'm getting accolades. I am a dead man walking are there any dead people today hallelujah even if you're not dead if you're still dying give God a mighty praise the Bible said in Isaiah 6 1 in the year King Uzziah died I saw the Lord he was high and lifted up in the train of his glory filled the temple. The prophet said, in the year Uzziah died. Uzziah had reigned for decades and Isaiah's king had died in the natural. And I'm sure that it gave Isaiah pause. He was concerned. He was worried. But the Bible said, in the year King Uzziah died I saw the Lord it was like the Lord said Isaiah your king may have died a leper in a hospital bed because he offered impure worship before the Lord. He said, but Isaiah, I want you to know that the king of kings and the Lord of lords is high and lifted up. He is alive and he is seated on the throne and the train of his glory still fills the temple. If you believe the king sits on the throne, Give God a praise. (laughs) Isaiah didn't see the Lord until Uzziah died. What's got to die in us for God's church in America to see the Lord? Come on. Sometimes opportunities have to die. Sometimes friendships have to die. Come on people that we thought we could rely on, sometimes that's gotta die. But let me tell you in Jesus' mighty name, we're getting ready to see the Lord. We must die to sin, die to compromise, die to calling wrong right and right wrong. We gotta die to our offenses, die to our political offenses, die to our racial divisions, die to our agendas. Don't tell me you're hungry for revival and you're not ready to die. Don't tell me you want to move of God and you won't die. Don't Don't tell me that you want God to pour your spirit out, Lord, but you won't say, God, let me die. Let anything that would keep me from your glory, let it die. Church, I want to see the Lord in my life and in this house. So I say, God, lay me on that altar. I'm willing to die. But the third thing is that the offering had to be washed Don't miss this now because this is important. The washing with the water in the tabernacle, it was a picture of something called sanctification. Sanctification is one of the most important doctrines of the church. And before the sacrifice could be used by the Lord, it had to be washed. It had to be cleaned. It had to be sanctified. It had to be set apart for divine use. In the wilderness tabernacle, Moses, when he prepared the priesthood, he took water, and the Bible said he washed them wherewithal. He washed them from their heads to their feet. It it, it was a picture of sanctification, and the powerful part is this. There was something in that tabernacle that was called the brazen lever. Now, he washed them completely. He washed them wherewithal, but this basin lever was full of water and it was made of brass mirrors. And when the priest throughout his duties and his days looked over in that brass mirror in that basin, it was made like a bowl. He could see the reflection of himself. And he washed himself. See, Moses washed him the first time. But Moses said, now the next time, it's on you. See, it's like when we were saved. Jesus washed us the first time. We were saved the first time. He washed us wherewithal, but let me tell you, we remain cleansed by being sanctified every day. What what is the labor? If you study your Bible, the Bible says in Ephesians that we might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. You say, where is our labor? It's amazing to me that Paul is talking about sanctification and the Greek word for washing in this text is the word Lutron, which is the word labor. Paul said you get Out that Bible, he said You get out that labor." he said You go to that Bible That Bible becomes your mirror And whatever it says to wash off You wash it off, whatever is Unclean, you wash it off Is it an attitude, is it a sexual Sin, is it immorality He said you get in that Book and whatever that book Says to clean it up, you clean It up, where is the church that will say, sanctify me and let me live the book. The Bible is our brazen lever and the church in America needs to be a Bible believing entity. I believe the Bible. I said, I believe the Bible. We're washed in the word. We're sanctified in the word and we need to let the word wash away our compromise our anger, our sin, our unforgiveness. So here's my prayer as we approach 2021. Wash your church, Lord. Wash us and make us clean. You know why there's not a lot of repentance in the church in America? I'm gonna make you uncomfortable now. I'm gonna be like Pastor. I'm gonna Pastor Kilpatrick, I'm gonna give it straight. You know why there's not a lot of repentance in the church? You know why there are not many altar calls in the church anymore in America? Because there's not enough Bible being preached that can wash anybody's life. There's not enough word in the pulpit. There's not enough line being drawn by the word of God and that says this is the way. Walk ye therein. But I declare in Jesus' mighty name. That there is a generation of fearless preachers that are gonna rise in the last days and preach the word. Young preacher, God didn't call you to be popular, He called you to be an overcomer and to raise up overcomers. Nothing holds back revival more than an unsanctified and unwashed church. So the sacrifice had to be willing. The sacrifice had to die. The sacrifice had to be washed. But number four, the sacrifice, watch this now. You ready? Had to be laid in the blood. I wonder if there's anybody here who still believes that there is wonder working power. I'm looking for the radical folk. I'm looking for the next level people. I'm looking for the people that still believe that redemption is in the blood. If you believe there's still power in the blood, open your mouth and give God a mighty praise. If you believe the blood is the answer for our nation, if you believe our preachers need to preach the blood, give God a mighty praise. If you believe redemption is in the blood, Now this is important because coming to the altar meant that the sacrifice was laid in blood because the blood was placed on the altar itself. Now I'm gonna have to stay here for a minute. It's impossible for us to underestimate the desperate need for the blood of Jesus, for it to be preached in our nation, for it to be preached behind our pulpits we know as it relates to the blood the whole idea of atonement and redemption rests on the reality that the innocent must die for the guilty the bible talks about innocent blood and i'm going to come back to that soon and i'm going to preach a message on innocent blood because god cannot turn a blinded eye to the shedding of innocent blood and you may get mad at me, but you can get glad too. We have offered abortion and made out like that's birth control when it is not. And we've got 65 million reasons to say, Lord, have mercy on America. I said, we've got 65 million reasons to say, God, have mercy on our nation. God will answer innocent blood. We see this thought of innocent blood Revealed all the way back in Genesis 4 when Cain murdered Abel. And the Bible says here, Cain, your brother's blood cries up from the ground. It cries up to me from the ground. Don't miss this. In the original Hebrew language of the Old Testament, the word blood is actually plural. He said, your brother's bloods. Your blood, their bloods, his bloods cry up to me from the ground. God was looking at Cain and saying, your brother's blood, his heritage, his children on down the road, everything he would have, could have, should have been is crying up to me from the ground. His future generations and genealogies are crying up to me as well. And I'm telling you, there is a price to pay when you shed innocent blood. Fast forward to Jesus. There was something about the innocence of Jesus. There was something beautiful about the innocence of Jesus. It was a tender spot in the heart of God. He was the lamb of God. He was led to the slaughter. He didn't sin. Guile wasn't found in his mouth. I'm talking about the one who hung on the cross. I'm talking about the one who really did die, who was marred and mangled and massacred. I'm talking about the one who did resurrect, and I'm telling you here today, he never sinned, not even one time. He never lied. He never lusted. He never thought an impure thought. He never got offended come on somebody he never carried things in anger Uh, if he was angry it was a righteous anger i'm here to tell you i want you to know that when his blood was shed it was innocent blood i said it was innocent blood you could not be redeemed without innocent blood if you can't praise the lord for anything i've said today you ought to stop right there and give god praise for the innocent blood of jesus christ that paid your way for salvation i want you to know when the blood of jesus was shed it was innocent blood let me tell you the beauty of this Abel was innocent and when his blood leaked on the ground the Word of God tells me that his blood cried Uh, God heard the voice of his blood God heard that blood cry unto him because it was innocent blood and I want to show you a beautiful scripture Hebrews 12 to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of the sprinkling, the blood that cascaded down the cross and gathered in a puddle at Calvary, to that blood, that innocent blood, the sprinkling blood that speaks better things than that of Abel I'm telling you that blood of innocent Abel cried out for revenge it cried out for redemption it cried out said man do him wrong he did me wrong and God heard it and it touched his heart but then the Bible tells me that if God will hear an Abel if he'll hear his blood how much more will he hear the blood of his very own son as it cries out for America and it cries out for your family give God a praise in here you say preacher what does that have to do with me I'll tell you what it has to do with you everything I want to hear from the people who are washed in the blood of Jesus. I said, I want to hear just from can I hear from at least five of you? If you are washed in the blood of the Lamb and you're glad that the blood is speaking for you, come on and give God a praise. Can I can I go a little bit deeper? I said, can I go a little bit deeper? When you read in the book of Exodus, the Lord told his people, he said, take the blood of a lamb, an innocent lamb, and put the blood over the doorpost and the sides and across the top. And when destruction comes, and when danger comes, and when death comes, and when the devil comes, When the devil comes knocking at the door, he'll hear the voice of the blood, and the blood will say, you can't come into this house, you can't have my children, you can't have my family, you can't have my future, you can't have my destiny, because the blood is over this house, the blood is over my family, the blood is over my church, the blood is over my... Somebody better open your mouth and give God a roar of praise. The voice of the blood will cry out and command the devil and put the devil in his place. I believe the devil could hear Abel's blood cry out, innocent, innocent, innocent. And I believe that he can hear it when a child of God is washed in the blood. You may not hear the blood of Jesus, but it's speaking right now. You're only here today because the blood has been talking. You're only saved because the blood has been talking. You're only redeemed because the blood has been talking. If we could hear it, we would know that the blood of Jesus applied to our life deals with everything. God knows who you are. God knows where you are. He knows where America is. Don't you act like God's been toppled off his throne. He knows everything and the blood still cries out. It cries out for mercy. It cries out for redemption. It cries out for breakthrough. It cries out against judgment. It cries out against death and discord and danger and destruction. And I thank God for the blood. I studied in in that tabernacle, watch the sun. They put the blood everywhere. They would sprinkle it here and sprinkle it there. Sprinkle the blood over the showbread. Sprinkle sprinkle the blood over the candlestick. Come on, somebody. Sprinkle the blood over the altar of worship. Sprinkle the blood everywhere. Sprinkle the blood even on the priest's garments. Come on now. The blood was everywhere tell your neighbor the blood is everywhere yeah 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 so they would sprinkle it everywhere see god hears the blood but god also sees the blood not only does he hear it he sees it hallelujah not a person's color not a person's denomination not a person's culture or even their past God looks at you and when he looks at you he not only hears the blood he sees the blood God is serious about blood 447 times in the Bible. God talks about the blood and the blood still speaks. You need to apply it everywhere. Apply it to your life. Apply it to your family. Apply it to your children. Apply it to your marriage. Apply it to your mind. Put it everywhere. Put it all over your house. Put it over your son. Put it over your daughter. And I'm telling you, when you get it there, the blood will start talking. When you get it there, the blood will start talking. Start speaking. Stop letting the negativity come out of your mouth and apply the blood. Put it over that wayward son. Put it over that lost daughter. Put it over our nation. Come on now. Stop railing and fighting and let the blood do the talking. I wanna hear from the people who's ready to let the blood do the talking. Okay, that's a few of you. I said, I wanna hear from some people who wanna apply the blood and let the blood do the talking. If that's you, give God a mighty praise. So watch this. The sacrifice number five was covered with oil that means it became flammable oil represents the anointing doesn't it it represents the Holy Ghost and make no mistake about it I want some oil I said I want some oil I said I want some fresh oil the Bible says that when David was anointed to be king that he was anointed with a hint of the anointing oil if you really study that out that six to eight quarts So David stood there, it wasn't this cute little anointing, but David had to stand there. How many of y'all know he got an oil change and a lube job, come on. David had to stand there while the prophet poured the oil over him, and he didn't move until he got all the oil that was for him. I need somebody that can say, Preacher, I'm not gonna move till I get all the oil that God has for me in the next season. Don't dab me, don't douse me, but God put me under the oil and pour it in my life, pour it in my family, pour it in my ministry, pour it in my church. Don't stop at a false finish line. This little anointing has been powerful. I don't even call it little that we've received. It's been big, but it's not over. Come on, legacy. It's not over. The oil is still flowing. I said the oil is still flowing. The oil is still flowing. I remember when I was growing up, you just well to get comfortable because I'm going to finish this message. I remember when I was growing up, we used to have a communion table. And on the communion table was the oil that had been there since shortly after the crust of the earth cooled. Come on, somebody. And it stunk. Because if you don't use oil, oil gets rancid. You know why people are being religious now? You know why you got so much drama on Facebook? You know why you got Christians acting crazy and hollering at each other? It's because their oil is not fresh. Fresh oil won't let you act like that. Fresh oil won't let you quit. Fresh oil will keep you in check. Get you some oil. I I prayed for hundreds of thousands of people in 35 years and it's all the same. If I'm praying with oil, I put some on their head and I watch them when I walk away and they smell of it. Y'all don't get religious on me. You know that's what they do. It can be in a line. They're all falling out of the Holy Ghost. First thing they do is, and they smell the oil. And you just put a little dot on them. And, but what would they do if I brought a bucket and poured it on their head? Don't you know their honey would get tight? Come on, somebody. Don't you know they would draw right up and say, this man has lost his mind. You know why? Because they're saying, don't put too much oil on me. Don't give me too much of that oil because when I leave here, I'm going to the Cracker Barrel, and I want to be accepted in the Cracker Barrel. I don't want to look like I'm too oily in the Cracker Barrel. I don't want to look like I've got too much and I've got to fit in out there. And if it's that way in the natural, it is that way in the spiritual. We've got a church that says, I want a Sunday morning oil, but don't give me an oil that'll get all over people if they get around me how many of you want fresh oil if that's you give god a praise sacrifice was cut into pieces it had to be willing it had to die it had to lay in the blood it had to be covered with oil but listen now the sacrifice was consumed by the fire the oil made it flammable Oh, Jesus, I want to be flammable, Nathan. I want to be flammable. I I, I don't want to, as I approach, I'm 56, I want to be more flammable than I've ever been. As I approach 60, I want people to say, That man is on fire. laying in the blood in pieces, washed, covered with oil, and the fire fell on it. Then, it was consumed. And the Bible says, that when it gave up its right to be in pieces when it gave up its right to be right when it just said God consume me That's when the pieces came together because the Bible said the smoke that rose became a sweet smelling fragrance to God. But only as it was willing to get on the altar, only as it was willing to die, maybe it went in pieces i see a lot of the church in pieces The black church, the white church, the Baptist church, the Assembly of God church, the Kojic church, the this church, the that church, the Hispanic church. We've all got our ideas. We've all got our ways. But where is the church that will say, put us there if you got to put us in pieces. You'll see, come on, we'll put a white piece up there. We'll put a black piece up there. We'll put a Hispanic piece up there. Y'all get mad at me. We'll put a Republican piece up there. We'll put a Democrat piece peace up there we'll put an independent peace up there whatever it takes put me on the altar whatever it takes for me to lose myself and become what you want me to be put me on the altar there can't be peace in the pieces I'm just trying to get a church to the altar. I'm just trying to get people to the altar. That's, That's the pursuit of my life. And if I fail you, I'm sorry, but I'm still dying, but I'm still trying. I said I'm still dying, but I'm still trying. I want to get everybody I can when I started this I started it to win people to Jesus when I I did it I'm on the earth to promote the agenda of the Holy Spirit and to bring people together that's why Jim Rayleigh is on the earth so on that altar is where things change If you got angst in your heart against somebody, or you're mad, you feel like you need to go home and tell somebody off on Facebook. Before you go to Facebook, come to the altar. Before you text them, come to the altar. Before you call them, get on the altar. I was reading, son. The prophet told the Lord. Told the prophet Ezekiel. He said, "Take a bullock." And he said, Nathan, he said, cut it into pieces. And he said, Take the good pieces and put it on the fire, and I'll show Israel a thing. Take the good pieces and put it on the fire. And I'll show the nation something very powerful. I'll show the nation something they've never seen. You say, Pastor Rayleigh, what are you saying? I'm saying I still believe that there are some good pieces in America. I, I, I still believe that there are some good pieces. And that's why you gotta keep spreading the fire, son. You gotta you gotta keep entertaining the glory. Don't stop, Nathan. Don't stop. Don't don't stop. We need you we need what you're doing we need the fire because there's some good pieces there's some good pieces in Guatemala there's some good pieces in Africa there's some good pieces around the world and you're going to get those pieces and put them in the fire I close with this do you remember the story has this been all right so it's been all right. Do you remember the story of when Jesus fed the thousands of people and they picked up the leftovers, the loaves and the fishes? What a powerful story. And the Bible said that they took, Jesus instructed them thusly. He said, pick up. the broken pieces. I'm afraid for a church that wants to leave behind the broken pieces. He said, pick up the broken pieces. I'm more determined than I've ever been that I'm going to pick up the broken pieces. And he said, put it on the ship with you. And he started to cross. Now in this particular story, Jesus walks on the water But do you remember there was one place where Jesus was asleep and the disciples woke him up because the storm was so bad. And Jesus got up and said, man, how long am I gonna tarry with you guys? Don't you remember the miracle of the loaves and the fishes? Don't you remember what I just did? And the fragments in one story are on the ship the broken pieces are on the ship the lord said i put on your vessel your own testimony you've already seen what i'm able to do and you're in a storm right now and you're panicking you're in a storm right now and you're giving up but in one text Jesus even among the pieces he steps out on the bow of the boat and he said peace be still I'm trying to tell you about a God that's able to step up in America able to step up in the church able to step up in your life and say peace be still how do you know how do you know just look at all the broken pieces of your life that God has already put back together again if he's been good to you would you give him a praise stand up everybody we're gonna pray together the sacrifice had to be willing who's willing the sacrifice had to die who would die to your own agenda your own way the sacrifice had to be laid in the blood Who will lay your life in the blood this week and say, God, I apply it to my life. I apply it to my children. I apply it to my marriage. It had to be covered with oil. Who wants fresh oil? Come on, wave at me if you want fresh oil. It had to have the fire. Who wants the fire? Raise your hands if you want fire. Hallelujah. And then it had to be consumed. John sings, son. Come to
1: the altar. To the Master, bring your disaster, let your heart be healed. His arms are open.
0: of you are going to come to the altar today. Everything hinged. If you want to come forward, you can come forward. I'm going to pray over people. You can do whatever you want to do. Sing it again, son.
1: Come to the altar. All who are hungry and empty, come be filled. Come to the master. Bring your disaster. Let your His arms are open for all who are broken. He makes all things new. So come to the
0: altar where all you can offer is you. Come on, there's a glory coming to this place. Just raise your hands, precious. Come to Jesus. about a year. you to pray it from your heart because I've prayed it several times and just wept myself so I want you to take your hand and put it on your heart today and I want you to raise your other hand God's about to bring us revival I said God's about to bring revival I declare it but he needs people to get on the altar how many of you are willing to get on the altar pray this prayer after me pray, Heavenly Father, we are the sacrifice. Lord, we come even in pieces. Say, we come even in pieces. We are willing to die to ourselves. Wash us. Lay us in your blood. Pour fresh oil over us. Consume us in your fire. May we rise together, united, as a sweet smelling fragrance to You, Lord. Do this good thing. Use me. Do this good thing. Bring revival to Your church and to the whole world. Granted, Jesus. Give us peace in the pieces. If You. Receive Lord Almighty, shout. I want you to raise your hands and I want Nathan to come we're going to close out listen we'll take more time in second service lay hands on more people we're gonna let the lid come off we got a lot of people that are trying to get in but if you want to stay it's gonna be powerful but Nathan I want you to pray over this house I want you to pray over these people. Last night, you preached sound the alarm. Today, we got on the altar. The pieces are gonna be mighty. How many of you believe that God is going to do it? Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com slash give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.